BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 656. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Benjamin Bornstein. With the NBA draft lottery approaching Tuesday, Ben and I answer your pre lottery questions and discuss some projected second round draft picks. Let's jump right into this episode. Ben, how are you doing? I am fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm doing well myself. You know, we, we took a week off the Spurs cast. There wasn't a lot of news out there. Uh, there is one news item we'll get to toward the end here. But aside from that, there hasn't been much going on. So uh, Ben and I, were the, you were the last guest I had on, Ben, and we had kind of gone in-depth at that ninth position for the draft. Uh, we talked about a scenario where if the Spurs get lucky and get a top-four pick. Uh, we also discussed the 20 and 25th picks at the, in that last episode. So Spurs cast listeners, I do encourage you all to listen to Spurs cast episode 655 uh, if you want to go back and listen to, to Ben's analysis on a lot of those picks. But today, again, we're going to answer some social media questions that we threw out there and then also uh, get into some some of the second round picks because we didn't talk about any second round picks uh, in that last episode. All right, Ben, let's dive in to first our social media questions. So I had asked uh, on, my, on my Twitter, um, you know, first first fans to send in some questions. We got two here. Uh, that I wanted to mention from Twitter. This is from the first one comes from at the global spur. Uh, they ask if the Spurs don't improve their draft position, what would it realistically take to move up to the top three? So let's pretend that, you know, the, the odds just happen like they're supposed to basically. So the, the top three picks end up in some sort of order. It's it's Houston, Orlando, Detroit. So let's in this question, let's pretend that it's, it's Houston, Orlando, Detroit to end up with the top three. Um, you know, that's, so I guess that that's, so, so go ahead and work from there, Ben. What do you, what do you think? Um, do you think like when I was entertaining this question, I was like, would either of those, those three teams even give up a t- one of those top three picks with either Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren or uh, Palo Mentro? I just feel like I wouldn't if I was in their position. But what are your thoughts on that question? Yeah, that would, that would probably be the most likely scenario is you, you really have to, if you are going to move into the top three of this draft, you really got to give up something. You got to mm-hmm. give up future picks along with a proven commodity, a proven player who, who's currently on your roster and they have to have, you know, kind of a, a decent amount of salary to, to be tradable. Mm-hmm. And, and the Spurs would get probably a little something in return, maybe a lesser future pick or a swap, something like that. But 
I think it takes it's going to take a lot to get into this top three unless you unless you're a team that can offer a future first and it's next year's first rounder mm-hmm. and one of those three teams thinks your first rounder is going to be pretty high because you're going to be a bad team exactly. because next year's draft is supposed to be very good. So if they have next, if they have a first round pick next year and it's not lottery protected mm-hmm. and you may be a lottery team, they may try and get it from you. But I imagine with, with how a lot of trades have gone down, there's going to be some protections on it that has to be considered. So I don't know that it's realistic to move into the top three this year unless you have a grand, you know, kind of a godfather deal going on. And I'm not sure the Spurs have enough to make a godfather deal. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I think they could actually move out of the ninth pick, potentially Mm -hmm. move back, or they grab a future first rounder from someone else. Yeah, so so my thoughts is like, you know, what is the burst the best package the Spurs could send to either of these three teams? And I would obviously like you said, he has to be a known player now. Their lone all-star, I think DeJounte Murray has to be included there just because he is an all-star. You have to throw in, I think, number nine. And then maybe even they that that's they may not even be enough. Nine and, and, and DeJounte, you may have to throw in another young prospect, whether that's like Devin Vassell, Josh Primo, somebody like that. Uh Kelton. I just don't know. Like again, again, these these teams are turning away Chet. Paolo or Jabari, you know, and again, so, and, and, and I honestly, if it's, if I'm Houston, I just don't do that because, you know, you have Jalen Green there, you're starting your, your new foundation. You've been a playoff contender for a number of years when you had James Harden there for all those years. So like, you're kind of ready to, to take a few years here to, to basically f- f- uh, build your roster out. Uh, whereas Detroit and Orlando, you know, I was really thinking maybe Orlando would, would do it just to get more competitive and get back in the playoff picture, but they were actually just in there a few years ago. I think it was like 2018. I looked so that it's not like I, I, when they had like Vucevic and Evan Fournier. You know, they were they were a, you know they weren't a great team, but they were they were competitive. So again, I don't know if they're that desperate. Um, they don't really have a big man right now as, as their foundation. I know they have a Wendell Carter, so like they're a team maybe. Uh, and then Detroit, they just got um, Cade. So you want to give him a partner? So again, I would, I would, I would love to match up Cade with Paolo or Jabari Smith or, right. or um, yeah, uh, Chet. Exactly. Like you want to have that that second player for him. Whereas you know you could look at Dejounte and somebody else or, or the night pick. And I, again, I just don't. Again, it's just the timeline that these teams are on, and I don't, I don't think they're desperate enough to to want to be competitive right now. And again, even when you throw in one of those Spurs players, I don't think that's going to get you to like a top four team in the East. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's and, and the. The Magic actually have a couple of bigs that this person mm-hmm. might be interested in. Like they have Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to come off Wendell Carter. They're not going to give him up. They really like him. Um, but they have Jonathan Isaac who has had injury issues and frankly some concerns off the court that the Magic are probably wanting to move on from. And I think some of that would would not bode well for him to be a spur either. It's a lot of – it's it's political talk, so I won't get into it here. But it, mm-hmm. he has certain political views that would not – rub Popovich the right way and there's no way he would accept that kind of trade. So I, I don't see a guy like that coming over. But if the Magic were willing to move off Mo Bamba and wanted to gather a couple more assets and take their chances and say, all right, we can maybe find a guy we really like at nine and you're going to give us a couple other things. We'll give you Mo Bamba and we'll give you a future first next year maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do that. I I doubt it, though. Like you said, the three teams who are likely picking in the top three need to use those picks. Yeah. Obviously, there's a reason they're picking in the top three. They are not very good teams, and they can't really afford to be giving up those kinds of picks. Um, I think if if you're looking at moving up, you're kind of moving looking at moving up between five and eight or four and eight. Yeah. Which 
if you're the Spurs, it's probably not really worth it because then yeah. you're talking about, oh, we'll give you our ninth and the 20th or the 25th to get up into those just to select a guy we maybe don't really want at one of those picks. Exactly. And just again, you know, from um from from those teams' perspective, I was just thinking, you know, are they happy with like a, a big of like a, a core three of like if you're Detroit of Dejounte Murray, Kate Cunningham, and and uh, and uh, Grant? It's like I don't think so. You know, I'd rather again, I I think you take Jabari Smith or Kate or oh, not Kate, um, uh, Chet or uh, Paolo. And the same thing for the Magic. You know, Murray, Suggs, and and Wendell Carter. You know, is that your your three that's going to get you? And again, I just don't see that. And then kind of what you mentioned earlier, even trading a, a, a future picks, the Spurs just, we, they just proved it this year. They had nobody like established on their team and they do not know how to tank. They're not a good tanking team. They're a very competitive team. This is a, a team, you know, no matter what, this is a very competitive organization. They, they're really good. They're just not going to be, they're not, they're, it's going to be hard for them to ever become like a bottom five team. They're just not good at that. They're so it's, competitive. They end up turning major injuries. Exactly. Yeah. And DeJounte ends up being an all-star. Like, you know, they just get these young guys and they ended up having a, you know, again, not a great season, but they still had a pretty good season for these young guys. And definitely they just showed they, they're not a tanking team. They're a playing type team. And I, again, I, I would, if I was a, one of those teams, I wouldn't bet on the Spurs, you know, basically being a bottom five team in the next two or three years. It's just not, I just don't see that for them. So they refuse yeah, so, yeah, exactly. They kind of refused to, to do that. So, um, so that's our so that's our answers there um, at the Global Spur. Uh, next question comes from at Sad Evil Dad. They ask, uh, could the Spurs go the draft and stash route with one of their picks this year? Um, so again, just looking at again the picks that they have uh, right now. We don't know the lottery pick, but it's right now it's expected to be ninth. They're going to have the twentieth pick in the first round. They're going to have the twenty fifth in the pick in the first round, and then they're also going to have the thirty eighth pick in the second round. Um, I feel, Ben, that maybe that 38th pick it could be a really good um, choice of a draft and stash. I was just looking at, at uh, ESPN's last mock draft, and they have like six or seven international guys there in that in the second round basically projected to go. So I feel like there's a, there's a, there's there's players there if you had to do that draft and stash. And again, the Spurs are, are – we've talked about this numerous times here. The Spurs' roster is pretty much almost full coming into this this this, um, this offseason. What are your thoughts about if they can use the draft and stash route? I would actually argue they could draft and stash two guys, the, mm. the second rounder and your 25th pick. Or okay. or the twentieth pick, depending on who it is. If it's because I, I think if they pick a Nikola Jovic, I think he's looking to come over immediately. I don't think he wants yeah, to stay in exactly. Europe. That's, that's a European guy that you're not stashing; you're bringing him over. But there's probably one or two guys in this draft that that you could draft and hold him over in Europe for a season or two when the roster space clears up for them, or you maybe even send them down to the G League. Yeah. Um, for for a year and see what happens, see what you got out of them. That Just was my yeah. Some of, some of the guys you're looking at in the European leagues or or elsewhere, they're they're not playing in the Euro League, so you don't have you don't have kind of a comp, a good comp between you know how they're playing and what they're playing against. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you know you're if you're playing in like the top Euro League, you're talking about you know, that's pretty comparable to like D1 or even a level that's slightly above D1 college. So if a guy is performing really well in the Euro League, you can say, okay, this this is this guy's legit. Let's bring him over. Whereas if you're talking about a guy who's in the Adriatic League or in a Turkish League, it, it's hard to compare. Yeah. No, I totally understand. And I see my, my, my thought there was, especially with those first round picks, the 20th and 25th is that I just feel like the Spurs aren't good enough to just keep a guy over there. I think you have to give him a shot here in the NBA 
just because of where they're at as a team. And if not, I, 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 I like what you said, basically send them down to the G League almost for the entire season. You know, have them on the roster, yes, for San Antonio, but basically let them get that NBA experience more so at the G League level. So I really feel like if it is going to be going to the drafting stash, I really see the 30th pick as being that that pick. They're just, but like you said, it's if if we're assuming that the Spurs are going to use all of their picks, they're not trading anything. Yeah. If. Mm-hmm then the the roster space is going to be an issue to mm-hmm. keep three picks. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think I think like you and I said last week or two weeks ago, I think we end up, they, they end up trading some of those picks at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, I just feel like yeah, we both we both kind of feel that. Uh let's go to our, our final question here from the social media questions. Uh, this one actually came from YouTube, so after our episode 655, uh one of the questions was, how about LSU's Tari Eason at number 9? So looking at Eason right now, he's his mock average is about 18th, uh, so late first, I mean yeah, like right before 20. Uh, the earliest I see him on a, on a mock is at 15th, and the latest is at 21st. What are your thoughts, Ben? I know you just wrote about Tari Eason. Yes, I just wrote about him. Feel free to hit him up at Project Spurs. Um, defensive menace, love love him on defense. He has gotten he's gotten sort of Herb Jones comparisons. I he's not there. Herb Jones was a guy who played multiple years. Terry Eason also a guy. This is his. Second year, he's played his freshman year at Cincinnati, sophomore year at LSU, um, was sixth man of the year in the SEC, but was basically a starter. I think he, he, you know, he technically only started, I think, four or six games maybe, but he was playing starter minutes. I think he, I think he averaged the most minutes on the team. Oh, okay. You know, this is, this is a guy who was basically a starter at the SEC level, played very well, but he's not a shooter, but he's got great defensive versatility. He's playing. He's playing defense probably one through four. Um, and he just has to work on his shot. He's got kind of a catapult shot, mm. uh, you know, kind of releases it, brings it to his shoulder and catapults it. Somebody somebody went medieval on me or, or or what I read, and they were like, yes, it's like a trebuchet. I'm like, first of all, first of all, nobody knows what that word means or how to pro- or how to pronounce it. So let's let's not get fancy. It's shot put. All right. It's shot put. Is what he's doing, or a slingshot, whatever. It's it's not a pretty shot right now. Yeah, that is, it can be shot, but that does not sound pretty. No, nope. right, yeah, it's, it can be fixed. It's not too big an issue. He still he's shot just under thirty percent from three, mm-hmm. but he also shot I think near eighty percent from the free throw line. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I hope that number is right. Last I looked, I think that was it. But um, a lot of his shots or a lot of his buckets are on putbacks. He goes after the offensive glass really hard. He goes after the defensive glass really well. He just he has a knack for being in the right place at the right time and getting his hands on the ball and getting putbacks and getting you know relatively close shots within 15 feet. So he's very good at that. He's he's very despite he's six eight. He's like two fifteen or two twenty, mm-hmm. despite being somewhat thin or or light. I guess he's very strong. He has a very strong upper body. So that's how he muscles through and gets some and ones. That's how he gets to these these rebounds. So I think. At nine, right now, as it stands, mm-hmm. it might be a reach. But I think after next week and we get to watch him in the combine, you know, get his measurables on top of what we get to see him playing against other guys who are at his level, who are at his size, that will give us a better idea as if, if we really should be punching him up mock draft boards. Okay, that's interesting. So, yeah, especially that you said that he's going to uh, be showing up at the, at the combine. So. That'll be somewhere to, to watch him, like you said, against against players and kind of in his uh, talent level or in his in his 
uh, going we're going for the same kind of positions here. Or, or yeah. All right. So now let's go to our, our, our next topic, Ben. And this is kind of just some quick updates. There hasn't been a lot on the mocks. So they're kind of everybody's just waiting for um, the, the lottery to happen first before they update their, their boards. For sure. So um, this is just a few um, first round updates. And also I want to kind of like I mentioned earlier, I want to kind of dive into the second round prospects. And I want to remind uh, Spurs cast listeners that this is also a video presentation. Now you can watch it on, on our YouTube channel, Project Spurs Network. Uh, so first, uh, mock updates and second round uh prospects so let's first go to keep an eye on the first round so there's a new player kind of at that ninth mention this is dyson daniels a 6-6 guard from the g league ignite team he's mocked to go about 13th so right now ninth would be a little bit early and then a player who you mentioned earlier uh ben uh nikola jovic uh he's, he's uh he had a 20th mention there and we know the spurs have the 20th pick um he's 6-10 from mega mozart and um he's mocked to go about 24th so it's kind of right in his range what do you have any thoughts on our comments about dyson daniels and nikola jovic yeah, Dyson Daniels might actually be taller than six six at this point. There's okay. there's this weird mystery around his actual height. People are convinced he's actually six eight or six nine now. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I think that changes a lot of things for him. I think with that kind of size, he's playing mostly guard. He's going to be able to play kind of a point forward there for you at six eight or six nine if that's his height. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he made it up into the top ten you know, getting an extra two or three inches on his height. I mean, that's huge, especially if his wingspan uh, is corresponds to that. If he's got a plus wingspan and it stays plus even after the added height. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some mock drafts move him up even a little bit from 13. Okay. Uh, just based on fit and things like that. Uh, Nikola Jovic, I think I, I've talked with Evan Townsend about this. We've had a long discussion. Mm-hmm. Is we feel that he is very much a strong Spursy guy. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, we we like everything he does. He's going to have to play defense a little better, but his offensive game is is nice right now. It's going to need a little bit of tweaking and probably you know some help with the shot selection, but mm-hmm. I mean he's he's doing a lot for his team playing in that league. So we we like him a lot. Well, I I think him at twenty would be money. That's that's a chef's kiss pick right there. Yeah, and that's interesting again because he's kind of right in that range. Like we said, twenty fourth. And again, when you're when it's the twentieth pick, you can be a little bit more you know take, not really taking a lot of risks there, but you know just kind of just being there's not as much pressure there compared to at that. And I would argue really not that much risk at twenty. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Yeah, especially if he's like like in that and kind of in that range. Like I said, twenty four. Uh, so now, Ben, let's get into just a few uh, picks. Uh, the first group is players that are have been mentioned on mocks, um, and then the second group is just players who average right at th- uh, right at kind of close to thirty eight. So, uh, so first player is Kennedy Chandler, six. We talked about him uh, two weeks ago because um, he was actually um, on some mocks in the first round. Kennedy Chandler, six foot at a Tennessee guard. Um, he's mocked to go twenty six. Uh, Leonard Miller, six nine at a Fort Erie International Academy, uh, mocked to go thirty five. 35th uh david roddy 6-6 out of colorado state mock to go 40th justin lewis 6-7 out of marquette mock to go 40th also uh and then a new player um harrison ingram 6-8 out of stanford mock to go 43rd and um noah magaro um uh who used to work here at project spurs he works for pounding the rock he reported recently that uh that uh, harrison ingram did work out for the spurs so he, he just recently reported that so that we know that the Spurs have some interest. Uh, and then the players who are kind of close to that 30th range, uh, we have Max Christie, who you've written about, um, 6'6", out of Michigan State. His mock average is about 37th. And then the guy who you mentioned two weeks ago, 
Uh, Jake Laravia, 6'8 out of Wake Forest, um, mock average is about 39. So it, it I, kind of like how you did last time. I like how you did that where you're like kind of just knock off the, the players that, 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 you know, probably aren't the Spurs don't have too much interest in or would it fit well with the Spurs and then kind of the players who you would like there at 38. Yeah. Um, so Kennedy Chandler is a guy I don't think the Spurs have any interest in. I think okay. we talked about that yeah. two weeks ago too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's cool. Six six feet tall point guard. That's just not what they they're looking for. And he's not a he doesn't do other things well enough to um, to compensate for the lack of height. So I think they're out on him. Okay. Um, David Roddy is tough. I actually I really like David Roddy. So this is nothing against David Roddy, but. He he is six six. He is big. He plays oh, much okay. bigger than six six. But the Spurs already have a guy like that, and his name is Keldon Johnson. Mm-hmm. So they don't really need another guy like that. They need someone who is a true wing, who's going to move like one, and who's going to shoot the ball. And and David Roddy just isn't that guy, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Harrison Ingram, I, I believe he was actually named Pac twelve Freshman of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, really, despite having a very roller coaster season, he he can shoot it. He can shoot it in spurts. He's not consistent, and I, I don't know if some of that is um, him being young or or him just not quite having figured things out. I, I think him at thirty eight, it would not be the worst thing. You can take a shot at on him at thirty. Yeah. That would not be an issue at all. He's one of those long, lanky wings who's athletic and can do other stuff too. So I'm in, I'd be in on that pick. I like, I would like Leonard Miller. If he falls to the second, there's a lot of people who are like really hyping up Leonard Miller. And um, some of it is because I mean, you, you have him listed at six, nine here. Some people think he's six ten. Oh, okay. Um, I saw a comparison for him to Paul George, which I thought was a little ridiculous, especially because we don't, we just don't know a whole lot about Leonard Miller. He's a high school kid who was originally going to, go to college this year and realized he was age eligible for the draft mm. declared and is testing the waters. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so he's, he's a bit of a mystery man, but I want to say he got an invite to the combine. So we should see him there. Um, and honestly with Justin Lewis, I don't know enough about Justin Lewis to speak okay. intelligently on him. So I'm not going to say anything. Um, he is a guy I have my eye on, though. I'm probably going to end up writing him up after I've taken a look at some tape and really look, you know, gotten a better look at him. Okay. Uh, as far as Max Christie goes, he's a guy who could still return to Michigan State. He mm. went into the draft, but I don't believe he hired an agent, so he is testing the waters. Okay. That will give us a better idea of if scouts, front offices are are liking what they're seeing from him in in those drills, other stuff. Um. But it's it's another six six guard, yeah. You know the the Spurs can only collect so many long lanky <laughs> dudes before you realize. Well, we probably need a six eight, a six nine, or a six ten guy to just kind of really fill this thing out. Um, <laughs> so he's he also did not shoot it as well as he probably could have, even as a freshman. He was, I think, the number five shooting guard in the country in that recruiting class last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as Jake Laravia goes, that's a guy I've been very high on. I yeah. recently wrote about him as well. He's a guy that Evan Townsend really likes as well. We both, we he and I see eye to eye on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely see eye to eye on Jake Laravia. He just does 
kind of does all those little things really well. He sees the floor. He has a high IQ. He's not super athletic, but he's athletic enough. He hits shots. Um, he just he makes smart basketball plays. He's a solid defender. It's you know, there's like there's there's nothing glaringly bad about his game, but there's nothing that like makes your eyes pop out of your head and we're like, oh my god, did he just do that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a very solid player who it was a very safe pick. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and that's a guy who you feel like after the combine might move up right into up into that yes. first round. And and I think something to keep an eye on is like I was talking to you about this in, in private messages and that well, I really value um Sam Vesney or Venice Venice's opinion of the athletic. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really value his opinion on, on players, and so he actually had Laravia pretty high. So again, if he sees something in Laravia, I think that there's that he's he yeah. definitely has a lot of potential there. All right. So and now Spurs cast listeners Ben and I will take a uh, take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and we're back, Ben. Let's go ahead and uh, continue this episode here. Uh, Sportscast episode six, uh, 656. Yes, okay. Um, so next, the last topic is uh, just ca- kind of some news and notes. Um, the first thing I want to I project here is, is kind of, you know, I was looking at it because the lottery is coming up on Tuesday. So we know that it's Tuesday, uh, Tuesday May 17th this coming Tuesday. Ben and I are recording this on a Thursday, this episode. So, uh, you know, we'll come back and have another episode after we get those actual results. And so, Ben, as I was like kind of just looking at the, the official um, percentages from the NBA, the odds, I was noticing, you know, at first I, I just listed them all out, you know, first all the way down to, to, to where the Spurs are supposed to be. And I noticed that they actually put the percentages and I kind of listed basically in that format from like best percentage to, to worst percentage. And what's really interesting to me is that, you know, they have, their, of course, their best chances of getting the ninth pick. That's 50.7 percent. Then, of course, 10th is 25.9 percent. Then it becomes interesting that their third best odds are actually to get fourth. So 5.7%. And then third is next at 5.2%. Now, again, that's a very small percentage, 5%, 6, uh, 4.8%. But again, first is t- down the line here at 4.5%. And then second, 4.8%. But um, they basically have a better chance, according to the odds, of getting the first pick than they do of getting 11th or 12th. And that's kind of interesting, the fact that they, they probably won't drop back. There's only a 3% chance at 11th and then a uh, 0.1% chance of falling all the way back to 12th. Uh, did you have any comments, Ben, about you know just the Spurs entering the lottery here coming up on Tuesday? No, I'm just excited for Tuesday. It's um, mm. I, every I think every year that they've done the new format where the top three or four teams all have the same odds to get those top three picks. Mm-hmm. Um, something crazy has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone has moved up. I mean, I think the year the Pelicans got. Zion, it was based. I think they were on. They were one of. They were outside of the top three picks. I think they were supposed to be the fourth or fifth pick. I want to say, 
and they moved up to the first pick and got Zion and pissed off every single Knicks fan in existence. And I think the Memphis Memphis is a similar thing with getting Jaw that same year. I think for whatever yes, I, I believe they made a right. huge jump. So the potential for chaos and anarchy, I would say, is high, despite what the odds for the picks might say. So just buckle in, enjoy the ride, and if you hear the Spurs get called early at nine, just be thankful they didn't get called earlier at eleven. Yeah. Despite, you know, despite getting 12 being less, being a tenth of a percentage point. Um, but I, I mean, if you think about it, their odds of getting a top four pick are overall about 20%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So if you like to play the numbers game, folks, there are your numbers. Yeah. And again, like if they could just like, I, I just think like I, for, for me, I think it is definitely like a three player draft. So they can just get any of those top three. Like I think, you know, whether it's Jabari Smith, Chet or Paolo, they would be in very good, you know, just and, a really and actually spot. what might even be more ideal is if they somehow move up to just four, mm-hmm. those three bigs are going to be off the board. Yeah. If, if those three teams don't choose any of those three bigs, <laughs> somebody's getting fired. Period. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that night or, you know, the night of the draft rather, but Assuming that all three of those bigs are picked and you have Jaden Hardy left over or Jaden Ivy, sorry, Jaden Ivy left over. Um great consolation prize, but probably not a guard the Spurs are looking for. Mm-hmm. That would be their opportunity to pounce on people and say, give us some future picks. We'll give you the fourth, give us a deal. I know there are some of you teams out here who are desperate and who want the opportunity to draft a shooting guard like Jaden Ivy. We're giving you the opportunity for the right price. Come at me, bro. Okay. So yeah, I mean, that's again, they have a good, like you said, when you put all those four picks together, they have a very, they have like a 20% chance. Like when you put those, those, those ranges. So again, that's going to be something fun to watch on, on, um, on, yeah, on Tuesday, May 17th, uh, you know, just again, they're nine, they're in the ninth spot right now. So they had their best, their best chance of, of trying to jump, jump there in, in, in terms of recent years that they've, they, they haven't been a playoff team, the Spurs. All right, Ben. And then our final topic is the uh, news that kind of, it's not really news. It's just like, I, for me, it's just been a story that I really didn't want to follow because I just didn't make a big deal out of it. I, I might, you know, for me, but apparently this became a big deal here in San Antonio. Uh, so this topic is called home games in other places. So what happened was about a week or two ago, uh, reports started to come out that the Spurs were going to ask the city of San Antonio to kind of amend their contract with the city where they can play four home games next season uh, in different uh, cities and, and, and also venues. So, uh, one game is going, they got it approved by the city. So now one game next season is going to be played in Mexico, uh, the country. Then uh, one game is going to be played here in San Antonio, but at the Alamo Dome, the, the old place where the Spurs used to play for some, for some celebration about the team's history. And then two games are going to be played in Austin at the uh, Moody Center, which apparently just had um, some, some new renovations and stuff. So again, four home games, they're still belong to the Spurs, but they're going to be in different venues and, and, and cities uh, in, in this case. Now, um, you know, there was a lot of, of, of drama here in San Antonio where a lot of people, I think fans started to think that the Spurs were going to leave. The reason why I didn't think this is because the Spurs had just a few months ago, they, they, they had announced that they were going to build like a new um, multi-million dollar facility for, for the, like a new practice facility. And they're going to have all sorts of other stuff, incentives and stuff there at that place uh, here in San Antonio. So, again, 
with them just announcing that a few months ago that they're going to invest in the city and stay, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, stay long term. I, I didn't think that this story was going to be a huge deal. Again, I can see the perspective. I went to a lot, I, I covered games this year. There was a lot of games where the fans were there was just the, the, the arena wasn't sold out. I, I will tell you the, the games that were sold out this year were like the Warriors, the Lakers and the Bulls. And the reason why is because their fans were there and they like those Lakers games. You could hear it on TV. It almost sounded like it was like a Lakers home crowd. So, again, when you're a, a, a rebuilding team, Pop even said it. Coach Pop said this is a rebuilding season right now. So when you're a rebuilding team, you know, you're not in the contention. It's going to be hard to get those crowds that you used to have when you were a title contender with, you know, Kawhi, Timmy, Manu, Tony, all those kind of players uh, on the team. So unfortunately, you know, they got it. And so, so they're saying that they're going to try to broaden their fan base, basically. So reaching out to Mexico, to um, to Austin, you know, that kind of thing. So they basically just want to, again, using this season where it's going to be a very similar season to this one. Again, probably like playing range or maybe they'll be like a top eight kind of team in the West. But, but you know, again, we don't expect a championship team right now coming in to next season. So, again, you're using that season to do that. And so it became such a big deal here in San Antonio that um, the managing partner, Peter J. Holt, actually had to write a letter to the city, to, the, to the, all the fans. And he basically um, he basically uh, put um, basically he basically said in his letter on Tuesday that the team is not has no plans to move right now. And he also ended it with uh, we are here to stay. That's what he said there. So, again, you know, he, he's just reassuring the fans that, you know, the Spurs are looking to leave. They're not they're not. You know, I know a lot of people get scared because because of what just happened recently with the Sonics a few years ago and they ended up you know leaving and then never came back and all that, and all that kind of stuff. So. What are your thoughts there been on that story that's kind of been out? Again, I didn't, th- I didn't, I didn't really want to cover this because I didn't think yeah. it was a big deal, but apparently a lot of people were talking about it. Go ahead. It's San Antonio fans overblowing things. Also, here's the reality. This past season, San Antonio finished 26 out of 30 teams in fan attendance. If you mm-hmm. don't want your team, if you don't want your team to leave the city, show up to games, period. You don't get to complain about them going off and playing home games in other cities or at other venues when you don't show up now. That is the reality. All right. So take a look in the mirror first before you start complaining. Oh, they're trying to move them all. They're trying to see if other, you know, if other cities or markets are going to take them. They're not doing that. All right. It's four games, by the way, one of which is in San Antonio at a historic venue. There's nothing wrong with that. This is an Alamo dome that has hosted final fours. Okay. I told us his first championships. Uh, you know, I used to go to this when I was a kid at those games. So. Exactly. So yeah. it's not like these are completely unknown places. They have their G League team in Austin. That makes perfect sense. You want to try and go to Mexico. Great. I think that's fantastic. Why wouldn't you try and get fans from Mexico to be San Antonio Spurs fans? Why would you not do that? Great. These are just great opportunities to expand your brand is what it comes down to. You... You you don't have superstars like LeBron who are just automatically going to attract people. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that for San Antonio. The other thing is with them going to these other places, Houston's not doing that. Dallas isn't doing that. And Houston is a garbage team. They don't have the they don't have the history mm-hmm. Spurs do. They don't have the rings that the Spurs do. All right. They have the two, and they got them from Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Kenny Smith would love to take credit as well. But the Spurs, over the course of decades, Mm -hmm. playoff runs, always competitive. Those two other teams in the state of Texas can't say that. And their fans are very local. They are centralized for that reason. The the Spurs are just trying to take advantage of, of opportunities for fans, for new fans to come in. There's, there's 
and a lot of the people who are complaining about them playing at other venues are kind of the older fans, I would imagine, who feel very protective of their Spurs. But it's like, if you felt so protective, go to games. They, the Spurs may not feel the need to do this if they're, you're, you're helping sell out crowds every, every game. Mm -hmm. Or, or even if you're, you know, averaging in the middle of the, the middle of the pack for NBA attendance. You know, they probably don't feel the need to go out and do those. And by the way, they got it down from doing it two years in a row to just doing it for one yeah. year. Because they, they heard what everybody had to say and they realized, okay, people are clearly upset. So let's get this. We've already agreed to do this. So we just got to kind of minimize some damage here. And that's what they've done. So yeah, everybody just leave it alone. It's not a big deal. The fact that you all made Peter J. Holt come out here and write a letter is insane. He shouldn't have to write a letter to reassure you that the Spurs are staying. They're building a huge new facility in San Antonio. You don't dedicate that much money to a facility like that so you can up and leave. That's insane. That's also a terrible use of your money, which if Holtz, you don't generally use your money in a poor manner. So yeah, no, I kind of agree. Yeah, I agree there. It's just like this again because of that the, the fact that that facility is being built. I, I that's why I didn't think too much like oh they're going to leave. No, like I just I, I knew that because they, again I've been to a lot of the games this year. I covered the majority of them. Uh, uh, there there is media and again the, the the attendance is just not there. And I understand you know this this team has a this this city the fans have a very high bar. I mean this is a team that's been competitive championship level team for just almost like 20 straight years and the fact that now this is finally their their their, their downtime when they're finally becoming that rebuilding team so it is an adjustment for the fans and um again so i, I just feel like this is like in a way it's like the perfect opportunity like you said those one or two seasons they were going to do this this is like the, the right time right now at this time just because again the, they know the attendance right now at home is not going to be uh, it's not going to be what they want uh because just again this is kind of uh, this is that rebuilding phase coach pop told us you know this year multiple times this is a this was a rebuilding season and that's kind of where they're in right now as a team they're they're kind of in a transition right now at this point maybe they land one of these top three picks maybe they get a top three pick and then you know who knows maybe they start they start their path again where they start becoming building um you know a team that, that starts becoming dominant again uh and then you know you start to definitely see fans start coming back and selling out the arena when you're like a top you know top four team out west and stuff like that so again I, again we just wanted to cover here on the spurs yes i know it's been it's kind of been the one thing that's been mentioned i also think that maybe too because of there hasn't been a lot of news like it's kind of just been dead right now in the in the just the, the rumor mill there's just really not nothing going on right now next week it'll be more it'll it'll ramp up once this, once we you know learn uh, who the spurs are going to um what what lottery position they're going to have so that again things could change all right so uh, don't forget to visit productspurs.com spurscast listeners any offseason news uh, make sure to check that out over on product spurs uh ben continues to get you ready for the draft coming up in june uh with the spurs prospect watch series so his most recent one i had just checked it who, who was it over ben i just forgot i even i was the one who edited uh, i just got terry yeah, Easton. There you go. It was Easton. Yes, yes, correct. And we covered him yes earlier. So yeah. So again, you have you have so many. And again, uh, so so there's like a lot of them out there. So for, for sure, check out Ben's work. He really works hard on those. Uh, definitely check those out. All right. Thanks to Ben for joining me here on the Spurs on this episode of the Spurs Cast, and also thanks to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.